This is the final episode of the Tony G Show. This is so sad. Ever. Oh. We're bringing it in with football music because we want to give that feel. Just one more time. Mm-hmm. Play the football music and, yeah. and get all the feels back. All the Tony G picks of the week and everything we've done. This is episode number 173. And it is the final episode ever of the Tony G Show. Season 8 concludes today. And it's sad. It is sad. It's bittersweet because mm-hmm. you look back on it and you're happy about all the memories that come with the Tony G Show. You mm-hmm. know, I have. We started recording and making it a podcast season three. And yep. that was when you joined the show's landscape. But we were live then, too. We were also live at the same time. I have every episode we've done since season three, since we started recording, on my hard drive. You saved it? I saved it because, you know, I have a hard drive that. Yeah. You can just plug in and it saves stuff to it. You know, it's like 250 gigabytes or whatever. So, I mean, it just all it all sits there. And looking back, it's like, man, this is it. I mean, this is really mm-hmm. all ending now, today. Do you think Do you think uh, you could put that into the drive and so that we could have access to that, yeah, the probably. 20G drive? Probably. I want I want to listen to our first episode we have recorded. Oh, That'd be man, cool. yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I well, want to hear today, that. Today, I know for sure, I put together a little collaboration of some of our recent intro musics so it's going to be like every oh cool song that we've had you know we'll play our intro here in a second and then it'll lead into this year's intro and then it's time to do today's final show and what today is you know we've always done the three segment thing and so we're still going to talk sports today we're not just going to throw sports out the window because this is the last episode we're going to talk sports we're going to talk packers draft class analysis and then we're going to talk the future of the brewers this season and then, season three, we're going to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about memories. We're going to get all nostalgic. Will is going to say his goodbye. We're going to say, you know, we're going to talk about our futures. And then and that's pretty much it. Then we're going to thank Tony G Nation and stop recording for the last time <laughs> oh. ever the Tony G Show. Wow. How many episodes in total? 173. This is the ones, including the interviews, including the special episodes, including everything that we've done, every Mm -hmm. piece of content that has been sent out in terms of an episode. This is number 173. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it is sad. Before we get into some of the stuff of today, just want to remind you that yesterday was Jason Fonder's episode, the final Jason Fonder special. Always, always fun. Always a good conversation. A great dude as well. And the same with his whole family. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a really good group of people, the Fonders. But in terms of sports and what he does in terms of the content for our shows when he comes around for his episode, I mean, it is next to none. Just the sports talk, it happens naturally. I barely have to fill out the show plan because I know it's just going to be a genuine sports discussion. Well, we had, I mean, great insight. We were talking for what, like a half hour? And we're like, we should just start this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, it was like 15 to 20 minutes of. Yeah pre-show like when you started recording and that's not when he first came through the door right that was you know a couple minutes in and then you're like i'm just gonna start recording now because you know it was gonna be great Mm -hmm. i don't know if you listened to the back end but i put some of that pre-show in the back end oh i didn't catch it okay yeah just a little bit so i'll go listen so go listen to that jason finder special but as i mentioned for today we didn't get a chance to talk about the brewers draft class after that happened, you know, we did the draft preview with Swan that came mm-hmm. out last Thursday. Packer draft didn't get class. A ch- what's that? You said, I think you said Brewer draft class. Did I? Yeah. Packer draft class, Brewer draft class. We're talking both of them <laughs> <laughs> today. The Packer draft class. We didn't get a chance to talk that after the picks were made. And so we're going to do that today. You and me, Will, I have uh, here in the show plan every pick mm-hmm. that the Green Bay Packers made. So we're going to talk about that and, you know, give the grade for the Packers coming out of the draft, and then we're going to talk about the future of the Brewers this season. Brewers are playing right now here in Tony G Studio. Well, I guess the game's not being played here in Tony G Studio, but it's on the TV here mm-hmm. in Tony G Studio, so that's what I mean by that. And then after we talk about the future of the Brewers and just wrap up my final thoughts on Milwaukee and maybe even the Bucks as well, we're going to say goodbye to Tony G Nation one final time. Isn't that sad, Will? Let's wait till we get there to start <laughs> getting sad. Yeah, really. Come on. Got a whole sports whole show to go. Well, one final intro. One final lead into the intro of the show. Hope you enjoy the trip down memory lane here on the final episode of the Tony G Show.
You are listening to the eighth and final season of the Tony G Show. Eight seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. How would you like that? A trip down memory lane with all of the intros that we've had in, the, in, in years past put together. Super nostalgic. It is. It is. And it's sad, but you're right. Let's save the sadness for when we get there and we mm-hmm. sign off on Tony G on the Tony G Show episode podcast, whatever this is called. Let's get to the Packers draft class because this has been, I think, one of the better drafts that the Green Bay Packers have ever conducted in recent memory, at least. And of course, this is on the cusp of things being the fact that, you know, you never know how these draft picks are going to pan out Mm -hmm. in retrospect. You can always look back and say, wow, that was a good draft or a bad draft. Like, for example, I always liked the ha-ha Clinton Dix pick from a few years ago. But then you look back on that after the seasons that he's had and where he's gone in his career, and you're like, wow, you know, he really didn't pan out. So any one of these guys could be like that. But just on the horizon, looking at it, like, from a perspective of not knowing what's to come next and just taking it for what it is right now, I think it was – one of the best draft classes, overall drafts that the Green Bay Packers have ever conducted. And trading Devontae Adams for those two picks, 22 and what was it, 52 or something like that, I think that was enormous Mm -hmm. because they have just added pieces. Two first-round draft picks, and they sure up the defense. So let's go through. uh, What do you say we do this round by round? Yeah, I'm cool with that. So round one, numbers 22 and 28, the Green Bay Packers took Quay Walker, an inside linebacker from Georgia, at 22, and then took Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle from Georgia. This was the first time in the modern era where a team in a draft has taken two players from the same defense and same college, same school, in the first round ever. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, they're both from Georgia University. Yeah. That's the first time a team has ever taken two defensive players from the same defensive unit in college. That's Never. awesome. Packers did that. So, um, and I think to our draft analyst uh, Matt Swanson's credit, I think we had kind of jokingly said, or not jokingly, but you know, we kind of realized that it's pretty likely that they might take a linebacker. I, I think we had said that. Yeah. We also, I don't think we called defensive tackle, but I know he's very happy about it and getting Kenny Clark some help. Well, it was interesting because when the Packers came up at twenty-two, I didn't. You know, I think Nicobe Dean was on the board still, and De- Dean fell big time mm-hmm. in the draft, which was shocking to me. But there was a lot of people who fell. Um, but anyways, I, the Quay Walker pick surprised me because I thought that there was different names on the board that just had more popularity to them mm-hmm. and a higher namesake to them. But that just goes to show that the Packers have a plan for everything. You know, it's like nothing catches them off guard. And so when they get their player, that's why they didn't trade up because they knew Walker would be there at 22, and they took him. And then the same thing with Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle, who, by the way, they just signed, short up his deal. I just pulled that up here. Uh, Devontae Wyatt signed a four-year, fully guaranteed contract worth $12.86 million with a $6.533 million signing bonus. That's per Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. So that is where that comes from, all that information. But I like this a lot. Because this shores up the defense. You know, this is a defense. When you think about the one Super Bowl year that the Packers had this century. Not century. This, uh, you know, yeah, I guess this century. Yeah. Not like last hundred years, but this <laughs> from 2000 De- to now. Decade? This is the 21st. Decade is 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So oh, you're this, right. It's been, it's beyond this that. century. Since we turned to the, 20, <laughs> to the 21st century. Top tier form over here. Yeah, really. Since we've been in the 21st century, since the year 2000, they won that one Super Bowl in 2010. And why why was it? Because they had a top defense in the league. So now they're just building on. I love it because everyone's like, you need a wide receiver, you need a wide receiver. But they looked at it and thought, we have an opportunity here. Two first-round draft picks to really, and I mean really, shore up our defense. Mm -hmm. Like not even to a point where it's like, Oh, this is a good defense. You know, they might stop the run better than they have in years past. But now it's to the point where combined with all the picks that they have, I think there was five total yeah, five total defensive players. They have depth. 
They have talent. They have speed. Yeah. They have instincts with Jair and Savage and guys like that. This is going to be a really, if everyone stays healthy, a really dominant defense. And I think that asterisk of if everyone stays healthy, that's yeah, really important. That's but just to kind of, you know, to point out the to really exemplify what you're saying, so you looking go. at the defense here, on the D-line you have Kenny Clark, who's an absolute stud. They picked up Jerron Reed through free agency. And now they got Devontae Wyatt, who is some of his tape is absolutely nuts. It Watching is. him play is like same thing with Quay Walker. Yeah, and seeing his tape. Oh yep. my gosh, they got a monster with these two guys. Right, and so D line is pretty shored up. Their outside linebacker sitting at Gary and Preston Smith as star- the starters. You yeah. know, and then inside linebacker you got Devondre Campbell, Campbell, Quay Walker. Cornerback you got Alexander Stokes and Douglas, and then at safety you got Amos and Savage. And not to mention all the depth that you would, you know, you'd pointed out. They picked up through this draft. They are looking, minus injuries, very, very good. And they picked in round seven Tariq Carpenter, who is a safety, yes. also linebacker hybrid. We'll talk about that when we get to round seven. But yeah, I mean, this is a team that on the like starting lineup, this is a very dominant, strong defense. Mm-hmm. And one thing I really wanted more than anything, you know, besides all the wide receiver stuff and all that stuff. I really want a defensive line to get shored up because it was one that has been run with mm-hmm. Kenny Clark. They just added a free agency, a free agent pickup as well. But other than that, it was like Tyler Lancaster's on the star- Kingsley Kiki years ago. And it's like Montrevious Adams from a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this is just not a dominant front right. line. You have a good front five in terms of the four linebackers, you know, maybe two or three defensive lineman, but it's like there is room for improvement on that D-line, and I mm-hmm. think they really did that. I love the way the defense looks right now. Mm-hmm. But what did I say going into the draft? I said put money on two things that the Green Bay Packers will not do. One, they will not draft a wide receiver in the first round. They will not do yeah. it. I said put money on it. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying they're not going to do it. I also said they will not make – all five picks in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. I predicted that they were going to move back, but I said they could probably move up too. And what happened? They made four picks in the first three rounds mm-hmm. instead of the five that they had. I told you they were moving because yeah. they always do it. And so that's why I'm using that as a transition point to talk to the round two pick. At number 34, they traded up, took the lion spot, grabbed Christian Walker, a wide receiver from North Dakota State. Love it. And that you know, and everyone complaining why they don't take a first round wide receiver, and it's like thirty four instead of thirty two. I mean, it's two yeah. picks late. Well, What's and the, deal? the point to that the, before the, you know between round twenty two where they took Walker yep. and and uh, and pick thirty four where they took Watson, there were no receivers taken in that gap. That's true. There were no receivers taken, so they got their first pick at the guy they wanted. So really, we shouldn't be mad about it. We should be actually really excited. And right? that's why they knew that he would be there. That's why they didn't take him in the first round because that was their guy. Mm-hmm. But he was going to be, be available in the second round. Right. And that's exactly when they got him. Love the guy. I think he's got some length. I think he's a guy who's really going to grow into his role in a wide receiver spot. And something that really attracted me to this pick afterwards was what he said. He said, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to challenge me. And he said, that's exactly what I want. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. He's down to work. He's down to get screamed at. He's not going to be a drama queen. He's going to come in, put in the reps, earn the playing time, mm-hmm. and probably be productive as a result. Yeah. Love it. And Absolutely love that pick. Yeah, for sure. It's it's good to know that you have you know the right mindset going into it, especially with somebody like A-Rod who's got a lot of experience. You know? yeah. But I think to your point, too, the way the draft fell, you know, you mentioned that they didn't trade up in the first round. A lot of people were calling for them to do that. You know, with the run on receivers that happened right away, I, I think that was basically what had, you know, signaled that we're going defense heavy right yeah. away. Had the draft fallen different, do you think they would have taken a receiver at 22 or 28? Mm. No, I don't think so. No. Because I think they came in with that game plan of, we got a good defense, mm-hmm. but what if we really shore it up, get a great defense, yeah. and then take that, and then trade up in the second round and get a, a wide receiver that we really like, that mm-hmm. we know is going to be there. I think that was the plan. And there was a lot of trades. I think this was like... One of the trades with the one of the drafts with the most amount of trades, I think ever. I mean, I don't know that it broke a record, but I think first round there was like six trades. I mean, mm-hmm. six teams traded up, and it just goes to show that this is what happens in the draft. You never know. You can make all the all the mocks you want, and we can have 
our draft expert, who does a great job, Matt Swanson, on the show. Got the first pick like, right. He did. Yeah, he did. He was not wrong. Mm-mm. Isn't that it's kind of wild? Yeah. And he's texting me. Yeah. He's texting me. Me and Swan, shout out to Swan, we're texting the entire draft. Yeah. And he's telling me who's going to come up next. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it kind of fell out towards 13 or so, you know, middle of the first round, and then he stopped getting them right. But it was like the first 10 picks were just like, dude, what? I was sitting next to him. I wish you could have seen it. He had like five different tabs open. He was like texting so many people. It was yep. like, it, that's his Christmas. And he's it not is. lying he when he says it. that. And I, yeah. I hope... You know, I hope I get myself personally some opportunities professionally to do what I love, but I hope he gets mm-hmm. some opportunities to do some draft stuff or some yeah. scouting stuff because he's really good at that. But anyways, so you, you draft Christian Watson at 34. And see, that's what you do. You trade some of your picks. Now you only you don't got that, the five in the first three, but mm-hmm. you knew that you could make. So they only get the one pick in, the, in round two. They gave up the other two, and then they had a pick in round three at 92 that they kept. So here's what happened. You're sitting in the situation, right? You're short up your defense. That's good. Now you just need some, maybe some depth there. You got your wide receiver. Now you're adding some depth to that position. You got a few that you like that'll be up later in the draft. But now what do you need? Depth on the offensive line. And that's exactly what they got. Round three, pick number 92, fourth pick of the draft this year for the Packers. And they take Sean Ryan, a guard tackle combo from UCLA. He was a true junior, so he didn't play in an all-star game but someone who they really liked and they took. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Add to the depth of an offensive line that historically, just by nature, not just like a Packer historically, but like in the NFL, by nature, that is a position where guys get injured often. Yep. Add depth. Perfect. I like it. And he's a big dude, Sean Ryan. So you you grab him. Now you're after three rounds. Now you just need more depth. More depth, more depth, more depth. So we'll just kind of go again round by round here. Round four, they take Romeo Dubes, another wide receiver. Out of Nevada, played in the Senior Bowl. Like that pick as well. Love that pick. Uh, well, maybe that's a little strong. We'll see what he develops yeah. as. But I really like that pick too. It's not like I don't think he's going to pan out. It's just that I'm wary once you pick someone in these late rounds. But he's got the build for it. He's got the build to be a wide receiver that can really mm-hmm. produce at this level. Also in that fourth round, they get a compensatory draft pick. I always say that word wrong. I'm glad <laughs> I did it right this time. They pick Zach Tom, two first names. A offensive lineman <laughs> from Wake Forest. I love that pick because Wake Forest, he's got that military background. He can take a behind chewing, if you know what I mean, from Aaron yeah. Rodgers if he does something wrong. He's got that strong mental presence. I love it. Zach Time, you get a guy out of Wake Forest, a military school, and you put him on the offensive line. He's a guy who's going to work hard. He's a guy who's going to be strong and athletic. Love that pick. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people that are big on the two. You know, So Sean Ryan and, uh, and Zach Tom. Yep. A lot of people are really high on them and, and kind of surprised that they slid as far as they did. Yeah, that's a good point. And it'll be interesting to see how they pan out, right? Because it's easy to say that they're going to be good players now or whatever. You know, it, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So right. we'll see, you know, three years from now really where they are. But the foundation is there for them to, to be a really good player. Well, I think players. part of the reason, part of the explanation that these guys fell to this part of the draft is because it was such a skill position player heavy draft. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wide receivers. There was a lot of talk about quarterbacks, even though there weren't many taken early on. There was a lot of talk about defensive studs, and it was a mm-hmm. defensive-heavy draft as well. But uh, other than that, offensive linemen were kind of get taken, being taken once or twice every 10 picks compared to the five every 10 picks of right. you know, defensive or skill position players. So I think that's part of the explanation as to why these guys fell to round three and round four, Sean Ryan and Zach Tom. So you're moving into round number five. And this was a draft pick at 179 that Denver gave to Indianapolis and then Indianapolis gave to Green Bay. Okay, you follow me? <laughs> so then they take, they take uh, Kingsley Engabare. You know, that's just a shot that, in the dark. That's a tough name to pronounce. <laughs> a linebacker from South Carolina. Cool. Played name. in the Senior Bowl. Listen, here we go again. Adding depth to where you need it. Mm-hmm. How often do they go through linebackers? Because they just always get injured. Mm-hmm. They're in on every play. Here you go. Add another one to the mix. A guy who will probably be on the roster come kickoff of the NFL season. Then they don't have another pick until round seven. Houston gave this pick to the Bears, who gave this pick to the Packers. Tariq Carpenter. This was someone who a lot of people, a lot of people who I know in the business, wanted a 
safety linebacker kind of hybrid player who can come in and play in the dime set or you know who has that hybrid effect to him that he just doesn't need to be in the secondary all the time he can come up he can rush the passer he can go man on man uh, man to man with a running back in the backfield or something like that and have that speed too Tariq Carpenter out of Georgia Tech he played in the Hula Bowl someone who our buddy Matt Swan knows very well Hula Bowl senior bowl as well Tariq Carpenter like that pick because it's someone like I said a lot of people, I wasn't big on it, but a lot of people around draft and who were doing mocks for the Packers uh, real, said that they needed a hybrid safety linebacker, and they shored that up with, in the seventh round with a good one. Incredible. Yeah, um, and our, our our draft analyst, Matt Swanson, he he wrote the report on, on Tree Carpenter. Really? Yep. He was really, really excited when the Packers took him. I, I mean, I know... Matt's very high on, on uh, Carpenter, so we'll see what happens. But he, he had, you know, we we're sitting there and he texted me. He's like, oh my gosh, they, you know, it, it was very cool for him to have a yeah. player taken that, you know, he had written a report on and was able to play at the Hula Bowl because, you know, he was scouted by Matt. So I'm, it, yeah, it was very cool. Matt again was the intern for the Hula Bowl. And so mm-hmm. he, like I said, he knew Tariq Carpenter well. And certain, not like, you know, handshake, hey, how you doing? I'm Matt Swanson. But in terms of watched his game and knows what he's like and knows his uh, hybrid agility. You should call Matt really quick and see if he answers. Mm. I'm not cutting this out. I think we're going to do this live. Okay. Like you asking me. Okay, okay. Because if it turns out, then it'll turn out. But if not, you know, another impromptu. <laughs> Let's see if he answers. Hey, what's up? There he is, Matt Swanson. <laughs> Come on, what's happening? Hey, you got five minutes to your name or no? Five minutes? Yeah. Do I need to go somewhere quiet? Do I am I talking to you like through a recorder or what? Yeah, you are. You're live on the Tony G show. <laughs> I'm live right now. You are. Okay, yes, I do have five minutes for you, pal. Okay, perfect. I want you to tell me about Tariq Carpenter, Mr. Hula Bowl. Tariq is a safety that we liked um, long before our process started and was a guy that we really wanted to get and prioritize, especially as as a um just as as an all-star game i mean it's a guy you're looking for guys with high upside potential and just guys with a dog mentality and honestly he came into the hula bowl and i mean i talked to him a little bit got to know him uh, really great kid um really just honestly i mean you saw i don't know if you saw his uh his story on nfl network but, oh yeah yep um just something with his mother uh really inspiring and the person he has back set up i mean he's highly committed to his work like I said, he has a dog mentality. So the whole week that we were in the hula bowl, he'd, go, he'd walk up to me and say, I need to get those Reese's. So the Reese's peanut butter cup, but he was referring to the Reese's senior bowl. He goes, I need to get those Reese's. So, um, I mean, he was making big plays all week. He's a large, rangy safety um, with really good measurables, really good intangibles. Uh, obviously, you saw it at the combine. And for the Packers, I mean, you're taking a gamble on a guy and – the sixth seventh round i mean you're you're honestly you're just taking a shot in the dark so why not bet on a guy that's committed to winning committed to playing the game and has the upside potential to potentially become something in your defense so originally i think right now he's going to play special teams and that's fine that's great that's exactly what they're looking for in rich basica he's looking for game changers on that side of the football but one thing that he's going to be able to do that some other safeties that they bring in are not is he's going to be able to develop. Um, and to do that, obviously he's going to have to sit for a little while and sit back and watch, but he's a very high upside, uh, developmental talent on the backside of a defense and he's going to contribute to special teams immediately. So great guy can't say enough about him and I'm rooting for him all week long. So we got one more question for you, then we'll let you go. And it's only fitting that we get you on to the last episode ever of the Tony G Show. Swan's been such a great friend of the show and expert as well that we've had on. So it's only fitting that he's on the final ever episode. Give us an analysis, a synopsis of the draft for the Packers and how they did in all of their picks that they made. Well, first of all, Tone, I mean, what an honor and congratulations to you on all the shows that you've done. Um, well, thank you. It's a pleasure to work with you and uh, obviously get to know you here at SNC. But um, what I'd have to say about the Packers draft class is that Yes, they didn't get a wide receiver in the first round, but who cares? Exactly. You get Christian Watson, who they were eventually going to trade up. Now it's rumored that they were going to trade up into the back of the first round. Oh, wow. Um, and they didn't end up doing it, so he could have been a first-round pick. Well, see, 34 is essentially is essentially the first round. I mean, you know what I mean? People I know, complaining I about it, and it's like, dude, that's 
th- two, three picks after the first yeah. round ended. It's essentially yeah. the first round. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think the one thing that was attractive with that was the potential fifth year option for a wide receiver. Mm. Um, who knows? But you go get your wide receiver. You go get a playmaker that can develop that has an immense, immense upside. And I go on on record to say that he potentially has the highest upside of any wide receiver in the draft if he can put it all together. And then ahead of that, in the first round, you go get two immediate contributors on the defensive side of the ball. And you get a second linebacker with to pair with Devondre Campbell. And then you get a guy with Devontae Wyatt who can play anywhere along the defensive line and play really well. Um, and he's just going to be an immense talent. It's a guy that I really love during the draft process. But I found out that he was 24 years old later on in the process. And I was like, oh, the Packers might pass on him. Um, and he might not be a guy that they want because statistically, I mean, you look at Kenny Clark, they drafted Kenny Clark when he was 20 years old. Hmm. Devontae Wyatt is not that young. He's, he's a lot older, but he is super explosive. He's going to give you immediate contribution on the defensive side of the ball, and he's going to be freed up to make plays along with Quay Walker, who's going to be sitting behind those two monsters on the defensive side of the ball. So then fast forward, you go to the third and the fourth rounds, and you get offensive linemen. You get a couple guys that are obviously they're going to be depth pieces, but guys in Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, and then um, you go get the guard out of UCLA. My my mind's slipping on Sean Ryan. Yeah, Sean Ryan. Highly developmental guys that can come in and contribute right away. I think Tom has a, st- a chance to maybe start early on this season with Elton Jenkins being out. Um, and then Sean Ryan also has a chance to start. I mean, competing for that guard spot, it, it might be wide open. Um, him and Royce Newman and then John Runyon are going to contribute as well. So mm. just a couple of guys in that back end that you can see coming in and contributing immediately in terms of being a backup and potentially becoming a starter in the long term. So um, great draft by them overall. And I don't say that just as a Packer fan, but just as like an un unbiased guy that's kind of just worked around football for a little while yeah um, they, they they had a great draft they hit all their needs and I, I think they should be really happy with where they're at perfect well so, will and i thank you for your uh, impromptu phone call that's the second time we've ever done that <laughs> yeah i know i i figured something was up when i saw your phone number on my, on my phone so yeah will will says to me hey we should call we should call a swan about this Tariq carpenter guy he knows a lot yeah. about him all right let's give him yeah. a ring yeah, so, yeah, Tom, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, we thank you, too. We thank you. It's been our pleasure. <laughs> All right. Talk All right, we'll, later, we'll talk to you soon, Swan. See you later. Yeah. Well, I love it. How about yeah. that? A little impromptu phone call with uh, Matt Swanson. He, he was the guy who watched the draft so closely. It's like, we might as well just call him. I mean, it's like, it, and I mean this in a good way, like a lighthearted way. It almost like takes away from our credibility. Like we're spending a whole <laughs> segment talking about the Packers draft. And then I give him a call, and in five minutes, he says pretty much everything you need to know about the, we're just, <laughs> the Packers draft. <laughs> we're just using our resources exactly. here. Exactly. You know? he's, he's a great resource to have, and we thank him for his appearances on the Tony G Show throughout the years. Again, these seventh-round draft picks, Tariq Carpenter, uh, who we just mentioned, Jonathan Ford, another defensive tackle, and Rasheed Walker, who Swan mentioned, an offensive tackle out of Penn State, and then – Samori Tori. Again, the cool name. <laughs> <laughs> See, here we go again, taking away from our own credibility. We bring Swan and he's like, this guy is, you know, hybrid, yeah, this, yeah. that, and that. And then I'm like, yeah, Samori Tori is a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. You, to, to Swan's point, you know, they do hit all their their needs. Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. They, that, did, they shored up everything. Exactly. Their defense, I, I think you'd mentioned earlier on, is just it struggled with the run game. Keep keeping Kenny Clark in the entire game and just in terms of health wise, it's not going to work out for him. It's not going to work out for Green Bay long term. And so shoring up with the, the free agency pickup of Jaron Reed and, you know, Devontae White. And I think who else did they pick up? Jonathan Ford. Yeah, that's a lot of numbers there now to find somebody that fits that spot. So it it's going to be a fun year. I think it's going to be a defensive heavy team, which is fine. Yeah, it's just going to be a matter of defense wins championship. Yeah, exactly. Matt LaFleur and, and Rodgers and that offense just finding a way to click. And I think it's possible now with the way these offenses are run. You know, it's a lot of reads and a lot of checkdowns and making sure you you have multiple options. And I yeah. think if they can find at least one or two guys that can be remotely productive, throw in a couple kind of productive guys in there, it could be a good offense still. Yeah, and I would agree with you there. Also, 
I, I like the perspective that Swan added of Devontae Wyatt being 24. Mm-hmm. You know, when they added Kenny Clark, he was 20. That's yep. a great point. He's older. Maybe that's what they were going for. They want someone with more reps under their belt, someone who's had more years to their body in terms of strength, and now they're stronger, now they're more right. agile, now they're more experienced to know what they do. Because he's not going to be that guy who like, takes... takes Kenny Clark's job away from him. Yeah. But he's going to be someone who's going to compliment Clark in what he does nicely. Right. Kenny Kenny and, and Wyatt are to- totally different, you know, picks, totally different scenarios they're going into. Kenny was coming into a scenario of a defense that was building, and so he had some time to kind of get up to speed. And then Wyatt's this, you know, older, which is kind of a downside in some people's minds. But if, if you find somebody who's matured in the game that can fit in and be an, an instant contributor, we'll see what happens. But looking good <laughs> what do you say we wrap it up there about the packers yeah. talking the draft class again just final synopsis here about the final synopsis here about the green bay packers draft is that it was a good one they hit they their needs i think the one thing they need now is a, a tight end mm-hmm. and i like tanyan but he's coming back from the acl injury i think if they could add some depth behind him i don't i'm not big on deguara i never have been didn't like that pick when they made it and they have not hit on their drafts, draft tight ends historically. Jason mm-hmm. Sternberger is a great example. But I think I think it's something where Tunyon can hold the job down now. And if he earns another contract on top of this, then great. That's your tight end moving forward. But if he doesn't, then you just go tight end next year's draft. Yeah. And, and Tunyon they, is a good bridge. You know what I mean? Right. If he, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, like if he can kind of play out that year. And I, I think Mercedes Lewis is still on the roster. I think so. He's always kind of like here and then going and right here and then going, yeah. which is a great play uh you know honestly he's a great person to have like oh, he's absolutely. not going to be a huge receiving threat but it doesn't hurt to have him on your team exactly <laughs> so we will leave it there with the packers discussion and our final sports discussion before we sign off of the tony g show is going to be the milwaukee brewers who the brewers are currently playing right now as this recording of the tony g show they're up eight to four in the bottom of the fourth and they have a very good record coming into today, seventeen and eight. If they hold on, they'll be eighteen and eight. A full ten games over five hundred. I'm a little wary though, mm-hmm. because I know the Brewers well. I know the type of stints that they can go on where they don't score runs, where they don't pitch well, where they may have some injuries. I'm just wary. I'm not negative about it. Right. I'm just conscious about the fact of how the Brewers have played throughout the last couple of years. They're having a great start to this year, but also. Look at some of the teams they've beaten. They've beaten the Pirates six times. They've beaten the Orioles twice. They've beaten the Reds now two in a row. They're on top in their third game. The the Cubs, who aren't very good uh, as of the start of this year, they've beaten them a handful of times. So they've beaten a lot of teams that aren't very good record-wise. Mm-hmm. Pirates are rebuilding. Reds are 3-22 and 22 if they lose today. I mean, that's a brutal team. The Orioles have been bad for the last couple of years. Cubs are kind of finding their way. They don't have a strong lineup just yet. They lost to the Giants the one game that they played them. And granted, they went into Philly and took two out of three, and that was an impressive series. But then they play teams like the Cardinals, and they just get trounced 10-1 in Mm -hmm. one of those games, and they split two and two. So I think a good marker of how this team is going to be, once they start getting more competitive teams on the schedule, then it's going to be worth watching how they play. The Brewers, after this, they head to Atlanta for a three-game series over the weekend which is always tough. Braves play them well. Mm-hmm. Then they head to Cincinnati. Might be a little tired there. They go from Wisconsin to Georgia to Ohio and then back down south to play the Marlins for three games. And then they come home, host the, the Braves again, host the Nationals. So once they start getting into these better teams, head to San Diego, play the Padres, and then head to St. Louis, play the Cardinals, and then finish in Chicago against the Cubs. So they got a lot of games where it's going to be a good mark to as – if this team is really good, right? Like to this point, they have they're playing well, and if right. they were if they were struggling at this point, we'd be really worried. Yeah. But it's kind of like we're in that skeptical stage of like, okay, they're good, but we'll see. You know, once they get thrown some real competition their way, how they really kind of fare. Especially like you mentioned, playing those road games, bouncing around so much like that can be yeah. really tiring. Yeah, and then they come back after that road se- that road trip I was talking about. They head back and host the Padres. So it's mm-hmm. like they got they got competitive games and competitive teams on the horizon the offense has been something to watch because they've had an explosion but again it's been against the reds yeah so you know take it with a grain of salt and pirates and teams like that but at the start of this year they've really gone cold against baltimore and the cubs to open up this season and they've started the warm-up but i think 
with the amount of guys they have batting under like 250, under 200, you know, Low Kane was batting like 150. Uh, I think Hunter Renfro, oh, Renfro's over 200, but I think McCutcheon's at like 180, 190 right now. Yelich was kind of struggling there. I think he was at like 194. Colton Wong was always a historically bad starter to the season. So I think they're starting to find their groove. Mm-hmm. But the offense is really the key piece because you look at what cost them a deep run in the playoffs last year. It was not scoring any runs against Atlanta. Flat out it. So if they – and, of course, if they go into – and as we talked to Jason Fonder yesterday, he said if they add a piece, hey, this is going to be a good team. I think once they get to trade deadline time, they don't need offensive starters. They are – excuse me, that just contradicted myself. They don't need starting pitchers. Don't necessarily need bullpen. I mean, if you need another guy – I mean, you got Boxberger in the seventh. You got Williams in the eighth, and then Hader in the ninth. If you want to add a piece, add a piece for maybe a, a double A prospect. You know, okay, go for it. But I think if they really add a piece offensively, man, look out. And mm-hmm. I don't know where it would be because I think they're uh, the outfield is pretty short up. You know, I mean, they even got Tyrone Taylor floating between Triple A and Major League Baseball, and they got him up in Major Leagues right now, but. It's like Locaine, Yelich, and Renfro. That's your outfield. McCutcheon even, and he's a DH. Infield, you don't really need to add a piece next to Urias, Adamas, and Wong. When you got Telez at first base, who's been hitting the snot out of the ball the last couple of games. You got Omar Narvaez and Caratini in catching. I don't know where you would add a piece, but if there's a piece out there, by all means. <laughs> Let's go get it. Go get it and strengthen up your, your team offensively because if there's one thing that cannot happen, cannot happen. If you get into the playoffs again, the postseason, and your offense just goes missing. Mm-hmm. That can't happen again. It's like the Packers. They lose in the playoffs, and then they fix the problem that cost them to lose into the playoffs. You know, it was defense. You know, they couldn't stop the run in San Francisco, the NFC Championship. So they add some pieces to defense. And then last year they lose because of, you know, bad secondary play to Tampa Bay. And so they add a piece in Eric Stokes, and they always they shore up the secondary. Then this year, they lose because of special teams. And so they add a piece with Pat O'Donnell, and they add some wide receivers because their offense couldn't score much. And so it's like they always improve off of their last loss in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that is critical to me, to a conscious organization trying to make their roster as best as possible. And if the Brewers lose again, it cannot be because of offense. And so I, you have a point here in the document that I think is – it's really telling to their season so far, but basically they're beating up on bad teams. They're competing with the good teams. And so that kind of brings up a question for you is do you see them? Cause basically that tells me they're about a 500 team, you know, beating yeah. up on bad teams, competing with good teams. You're going to take some and you're going to lose some with good teams. You should not win out with bad teams, but you should win a majority. Yeah. Right. So do you see them placed, you know, based on the way the season has been going so far, kind of in that middle of the pack but still making the playoffs or where do you feel like they're sitting right it's now it's so tough because you know they're sitting at 17 and 8 which is one of the best it's records crazy in good. Major league baseball there are two teams with 18 wins and then the brewers with 17 everyone else is at 16 so i mean they have the third most wins in the in the major league baseball right They'd be tied for first if they won today and made it 18 so it's not like they're playing 500 ball but again look at who they're playing mm-hmm. they're 6 and 0 against the pirates they're going to be 3 and 0 against the reds that's 9-0 and against the bad teams in your division. Not to mention that you've beaten up on the Orioles two out of three games. Taken a fair amount of games from the Cubs who are, let's look at the live standings here, currently fourth in the, in the division. So you've beaten up on the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds, bottom teams in the division. Yeah. So what happens when you start playing these Braves and you start playing the Marlins who are currently second in the East, in a tough division in the East, when you start playing the Mets, when you start playing the Padres and the Dodgers, what happens there is going to be indicative to me. I think it's too early to tell. Mm-hmm. We're only, what, 18 and 8 is right. That's the way to some games in. I mean, you're not even 30 games in, yeah. so you've got a long way to go. But I like the start. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. Key. Key point, especially in Major League Baseball. Well, I guess... All I wanted to say that final note to Milwaukee. Sad segment. Send off. Oh man, sunset. Mm -hmm. Time is here. I've said all I wanted to say, sports wise. Mm -hmm. So I guess here's how we'll do this sign off. This is our third and final segment where we're going to sign off. We're going to talk about memories, and then I want to I want to give it to Will, have him talk about his future, and then we'll Mm -hmm. talk about my future, maybe in podcasting as well, and then we'll thank Tony G Nation. 
and sign off. So with that, Will, what memories do you have of your time at the Tony G Show? There's one that stands out to me probably the most, but it was when we were still live. Yeah, um, radio studio. Yep, and I think we were kind of like still in that early, you know, phase of like trying to figure out our flow yep. between each other. Um, and I think there was one episode where like we were like talking, and all of a sudden we like ran out of stuff to say, and we had to like turn the music on really quick to like gather ourselves <laughs> and like figure out what we were going to talk about for the next half hour. Or, or maybe we were just like totally messing up our segment or something. But I just always I remember that one time we had to flip the music on really quick just to let ourselves like collect. Because yeah. especially now, if we just mess up, we just edit it. we either edit it or or start over or just correct ourselves and move on. It's yeah. not like a big deal. It's or a different that, bird when you're live, right? Well, and then we were like we didn't know how to, you know, correct if we do make a mistake right. or whatever. It it growing since then has been pretty crazy that's i'm actually excited to hear those episodes because i'm just i want to hear how we talk to each other right and i think a memory for me is how we navigated our way to interview tim bald mm-hmm. during the middle of a covid semester <laughs> yeah without masks yeah in a room where we were spaced but <laughs> it just felt kind of scandalous because we were there's a little bend don't break the rules right, kind of we thing went in this particular room in the fitness center where we know yeah no one would be able to see us unless they specifically looked in the room mm-hmm. and we we kind of had our little setup i still got the pictures on my phone and had a very open conversation with tim bald mm-hmm. who talked about i mean we still have it up on the podcast if you want to go listen to it talked about i mean everything from his history to ncaa you know college athletics and differences between D1 and D3. And that was something that sticks out to me. I think in retrospect, seeing how we've grown, I remember, because you're right, we used to, when it was live, we used to mess up and we used to be like, man, you know, and we used to walk out feeling, mm-hmm. if it was like a bad episode, we were like, man, we kind of dejected, like we could have did better. Or we we could have added more to the doc. Yeah, we would legitimately walk out of there being like, ooh, that was a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I would vividly remember that. We were like, oof, that was a rough episode. And we don't do that anymore. No. We just sit and banter and talk back and forth, take the pressure off of ourselves, put enough on the document to make a show out of it. Seeing how we've grown, mm-hmm. holy cow. I mean, I don't want to, you know, blow smoke in this studio for us, but wow. Right. And I think that comes with just learning how to talk about certain things. Like, yeah. I, you know, there's those episodes early on where it was like things to t- like Giannis winning the MVP. Okay, we could stretch that for a whole hour if we wanted yeah. to. But then we come up to a topic that's a little bit harder to kind of create an argument for that I think we kind of struggled with earlier on. And that's those episodes we walked out of there not being quite as happy. But those are also probably the moments we grew the most. Do you remember when we were live in the studio? Of course you remember. Mm-hmm. And I would mute you. At yes. Every turn that I didn't. Yes. Think, you know, man, I don't like what you said. Can't there. do that anymore. Just, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I haven't done that for years. But uh, And then you remember trying to figure things out in the middle of a COVID year. Mm-hmm. We get sent home season four, season five starts late, and then we finally get to season five. And then we were we hit the ground running. We hit our quota for episodes a season ever mm-hmm. since. We've been on 25 in season, 25 episodes per season, season six, seven, and eight. Yeah, which was so awesome. We've put together 75 episodes since season six started. Right. Crazy. And even, I mean, throwing it back, because, you know, freshman year it was core four. Yeah. And still still around here but we haven't really done that as a, as a four of us and that's really kind of how we had you know we would talk and then you're like hey you want to like join my show with me and yeah that's how that all started really and it's just kind of fun how that's progressed and it's been a good creative outlet for me at least during the yes. school year i mean so. and that's part of what i wanted to say when we send off so I'll, I'll probably mention this again but it's been our outlet to just come and talk sports mm-hmm. i mean i think it's worth noting again i don't i feel kind of selfish you're blowing smoke in the studio but it's like podcasts you know i i was talking to some podcast people uh virtually about a year ago over a year ago and i had mentioned that we were coming up on 100 episodes and they're like you know that's a actually a huge milestone for a podcaster is to hit 100 episodes but i thought why i mm-hmm. mean i mean we just do it at but the commitment that we put in mm-hmm. to do two shows a week yeah even in the middle of when there's not a lot going on in sports you know mid-february when there's no football when you know, basketball hasn't started its, you know, March Madness run. When NBA is going, there's no baseball and there's like nothing to talk about. We still determined mm-hmm. our commitment to 25 episodes a yeah. season. And through that, that's how we've managed 173 episodes and eight seasons. Which has been awesome. And, and to, I mean, awesome. to your point, 
all the editing and the stuff that goes in after the fact. That's something that I I, I record this and I wash my hands and I leave. <laughs> you you deal with all that stuff, yeah. and so that's something that it takes a lot of time to put in there too. And so that you know that's just something that well, I guess. Thank you for doing that. You well, know, not well, I guess. Thank you. Nah, you know, it's just <laughs> I'm not perfect because sometimes you know something will slip and we get notified. It's a little bonus. You know, it is what it is. But with that, Will, give me your future. Will McCormick, what's next for you? We're both graduating. Mm-hmm. The, the day of this recording is what? May, what are we, the 12th? No. 5th. 5th. May 5th, <laughs> and we graduate in 10 days on the 15th. Yeah. What's next? It's crazy. Um, yeah, so I had my last day of lecture today. Last, yeah, I had my last class too. Yeah, last well presentation done. ever. It was kind of crazy. It hasn't really fully set in yet. No. I think it'll either. be like tonight. It'll be like, whoa. I think it'll I'm be done. after I graduate or maybe in that's the true. commencement. I don't, I don't know when it will. Maybe that's part of the, what's so exciting about it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm moving to Salt Lake City, which is super exciting. Got a, an apartment with my girlfriend, uh, Carolyn. So we're we're super excited for that. She's uh, going places podcast. Yep, going well, places podcast host. Go check her out. We'll give yep. her we'll give her a free advertisement. Why not? <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Um, yeah, she she does some cool stuff over there. So go go listen to her. Her podcast is cool. Um, but yeah, so I'm moving there, hoping to get a job in e-commerce analytics. But I'm keeping my options open right now. Still on interview process and have a few you know potential options on the table it's just a matter of timing at this point so um yeah really excited though i'm, I'm i really love utah and i love being outdoors and yeah. biking and skiing and all that stuff is right up my alley so i'm ready to get outside and to be active and enjoy being a, an adult like so. i said when you broke the plan to me that you were gonna set send out west mm-hmm. you're gonna go move try to move out to salt lake city i was like I always saw that coming. After you spent that summer out <laughs> there, I was like, dude, yeah. you are so going to spend time out there. You love it so much, and mm-hmm. that's going to be, I mean, you just like the outdoors and stuff like that, and the yeah. West provides a lot of that. So good for you, man. Yeah. Best if, of luck in your future. Thank you. Got some good friends out there I'm looking forward to, to yeah. seeing again from past summer, and actually one from home who's interning there, too. So it, oh, it's going to okay. be a good summer, and I'm, I'm very excited. But what enough about me. What about you, Tony? What, what, are you, what are you planning ahead of this? Well, see, that's up in the air yet. I don't really know where I'll be headed full-time. Mm-hmm. Still looking for opportunities, still trying to put something out, but, you know, it got a lot of time, still only 22, right. and it's not uncommon that you can't find a job right out of college. So we'll try something. I've been looking for communication jobs, but I always want to be a broadcaster. I made my last broadcast for Green Knight Athletics just earlier this week. Saw that, yeah. We were a softball game on Monday, so I said goodbye to them. Um, but, you know, I also got a girlfriend, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. She's been a huge supporter of this podcast. Yes. And I'm always like, you want me, you know, her birthday was a couple of weeks ago in late April. And I was like, you want me to give you a birthday shout out? You know, I always do it for you. Or yeah. if I know someone who has a birthday that day and she's like, no, 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 don't do it. She's humble about it. But I do got to give a shout out to her because she has been someone who, when we mess up, mm-hmm. she's on like, it. she'll text me and be like, hey, <laughs> you got to get that short up. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Maddie. Thank you for listening Thank and you. supporting me and us through this journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, just wanted to give that special shout out to her. But for professional wise, this summer I'll be working again. I just re upped with the Green Bay Rockers. The, nice. They used to be the Green Bay Booyah, the Northwoods League. I said, you know what? I'll come back for another summer. I don't know what I'm going to do full time yet, but mm-hmm. I'll find something. I'm not, you know, I, I, I hold myself to a standard that I can't just like lie around all day. So I'll get something right. done. I'll find a job somewhere. But also with that, I'm still working with WDUZ for the time being. Nice. And I wanted to say this note about my future. I'm going to get back in the podcast game at some point. Good. It's going to be a different format. It's going to be a different show. It's going to be a different cast. It's going to be a different setting. I don't know when it'll be. I'm definitely going to take the summer off of podcasting like I always do to work with the Rockers. And summer's a usually busy time for me professionally. So I'll take the summer off. Maybe I'll have something lined up to the point where I can start the goal. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I would start another podcast in time for a football season. Okay. But if not, I think I might just ride the rest of 2022 out and maybe in 2023. I'm going to hold you to the start of football season because I'm going to need somebody to keep keep up on all the uh, exactly. all the sports. So I, I'm going to hold you to that, and hopefully I see it. I hope so, too. I hope I can put something out and come up with the scheme for a new podcast, You know, a new, uh, everything that comes into that. It's not just getting a microphone and talking. It's you know advertising. If yeah. I ever do it, I said this to my roommate, give him crap for being the janitor of, <laughs> of Zanton. I, I always give him crap uh, for that. But I said to him yesterday, if I do it again, it's going to be all in. And not that this wasn't all in, right. but I'm not going to have school to worry about. Yep. Now I got to do homework. Now I don't have time to email someone about getting a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to get sponsors. I'm going to get advertisers. It's going to be yep. done in a different professional way than this was. And now that I have this Tony G show experience under my belt, 
you know, it, it, that's what me, you need to do. Exactly. Wanting to be a professional talker. I can't just like not talk. Yeah. Well, and you have to, you know I mean, I got to put something together. Right. I mean, that, it, that's to be expected. You want to take it a step up from here. Like there's definitely room for improvement between this and that, that's great. Yeah. Like shoot for that. You know, like we, we, I would hope to see that. I and, hope so too. Well, I'll just come on as a guest one time. Exactly. Then. I'll invite myself now. A little reunion. <laughs> a little reunion. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Uh, for more information that when that comes out, as always, follow me on Twitter at Tony G Nation. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Instagram at Tony Giordano. Go to TonyGNation.com uh, for all my professional stuff. But for Will, at Willis5312 on Twitter, at Augustus Media on Instagram, and that's how you can get to him on social media as well. Can I give you a hug live right now? I was going to do the same <laughs> thing, Will. I want to give you a I hug. I was going to do the same thing live without stopping the mics. Come up and give I you a hug. I want to give you a hug. I'm giving you a hug. Let's hug it out, brother. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> what a long time. Man. We've been together for how many That's so funny. Now? That's yes. so funny. Insane to me. I was yeah. literally going to do that, and you said that. Great minds man, think man. alike. Yeah, they do. But that's... It was seriously this time that I wanted to do that because this is the thank you to Tony G Nation, but also a thank you to you. Thank you to you, man. No, for real. Because That's... you've come around. You have spent time on the podcast. I remember asking you, and you're a guy who has a busy schedule. You keep yourself busy all the time. You know, triple major. That's not, mm-hmm. nothing to take lightly. Thank you. And you still committed yourself to come around, talk sports with me for an hour, and here we are. I mean, it... how many episodes later? And <laughs> well, it's time to say goodbye. Honestly... And I appreciate you saying that. Um, and thank you. Um, earlier on in the seasons, you know, like season three, we were saying like, oh, we had some rough episode yeah. or episodes. There'd be some times where it's like, oh man, like a podcast, like can I, do I have the energy for this right now? Yeah. You know, and as time went on, it was more like, this is a creative outlet. And it, it was easier to realize that as we got better. Yes. You know, it's one of those, th- it's like photography for me was really annoying at first. Now that it's like kind of like second nature, it's fun. Yep. Um, or not annoying, but it's just like, it takes no, a lot of thought. And a lot of energy. And so, like, as a student, it felt like a lot at first. Yes. And as it went on, it was something that was, like, an easy choice. Like, yeah, of course we're doing another season. Yep. Like, I need, like I almost literally need this creative outlet to exactly. get through the week. And that's a, another point that I wanted to make before we thank Tony's Nation and sign off. No matter, it, like I said, if it's a dead time in sports where there's nothing to talk about, which is rare, especially because we do it in mm-hmm. the middle of football season, one season that we do football yeah. season, then we come back, do another season at the end of football season. So there's always something <laughs> to talk about with football. Yeah. But it's always been, you know, as someone in sports and want to be a broadcaster and all this stuff, I've always had an opinion about sports, just naturally. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody else, if you've watched something with sports, you have an opinion about that sport. And I've always wanted to express my opinion in a way that I feel like, because I have this knowledge of sports and this love of sports, that sports talk has always been, like, I just need to do that. Mm-hmm. And so every single season, every year that I've been in school, I've had the Tony G show to come in and just speak my mind. And then season two, I'm like, man, I'm getting winded a lot. <laughs> I'm kind of dying out with conversations. I don't know how to keep conversations going. Mm-hmm. But I had this other show that I was doing, Core 4. Matt Weaver and Matt Swanson, love those guys. Great guys. Mm-hmm. Great sports, you know, especially with Swan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, he's Brain. just a knowledge. But I was like, you know, I think this Will kid, <laughs> this Will kid would fit into, nothing against those two, no. of course, but just like this Will kid would fit into the landscape, ask me questions, and be a solid co-host, and little did I know. <laughs> Here we are, what, six seasons later? Yeah. The friendship that grew from that. I mean, we oh literally met through the core four. Yes. That is how we met. Yes. So it's very Crazy. cool to look back on that. Yep. Yep. Crazy. Nostalgic. <laughs> it's really setting in now for the Tony G show that yeah. we've gotten this far. But I suppose a thank you to Tony G Nation. Some yeah, thank you. Members that I can think of. I said, Maddie, mom and dad for me, mom mm-hmm. and dad for you. Mm-hmm. I met them at SNC Talks a couple months ago. And yep. it's like, we'll finally get to meet each other. And it's like, they've been all four of those parent group have just been such a great supporter of the podcast. Uh, especially Aunt Jean. Got to give a shout yeah. out to Aunt Jean. Love you, Aunt Jean. The 100 episode gift. I still remember that. Yes. I still have a lot of that yes. stuff. I still use it. Yep. I I would too, but I kept the uh, the wipes, yep. which I used up, the hand sanitizer, which I used up, and some of the pencils. I think I still have a bunch of those though. So to her for all her support, <laughs> man, oh man. For everybody, the Fonders. Mm-hmm. We've had both Jason and Sam yeah. on. Owen has been Literally. a huge supporter. Mm-hmm. And then of course, the mom to Owen and Sam... Uh, the mother there, and then the wife to Jason, Jamie. 
Shout out to the Fonder family for all their support of the podcast and always asking how I'm doing and always making sure that I'm on the right track. Honestly, all the students, too. There's been a lot of student support. More names we probably can think to remember, but... Well, how many students have given their time to come talk on an episode of the Tony G Show? Right. How many faculty members? Tim Bald and Cam Fuller. Mm -hmm. Tim Bald, in the middle of a school year, Cam Fuller, when he's in the middle of a transition into, he just accepted this role, he's got a million things going on, got to figure out where he's going to live after he moves, and he's got a wife, and he takes time to spend 20, I think it was like a 25-minute interview mm-hmm. with me on the phone doing an interview. Faculty members of Dan Lucas, who through the school year has so much to do, and he still took about an hour mm-hmm. to come sit and chat on the Tony G Show. So for all the faculty members and coaches who are, I mean, Coglin and, and Gresh, and I, Connie Tilly was one of the first interviews that we've done. I mean, for all the coaches and, and athletes who are in the middle of a season, who are busy with stuff, and they come around and just talk about themselves for a little bit. Man. Yeah. How awesome Pretty crazy. is it that we have come this far? But I think, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of any other names because I don't want to leave any names out for who have supported the podcast. My, boys from high school, mm-hmm. Alex. Alan, Aaron, Bennett, Zach, Jamile, too. He's, he even made an appearance on the show through the phone as an NBA expert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody that has been I – can't, I can't sit here and name everybody because then it will just be names for 15 minutes. But <laughs> for how long that we have been doing this, we have had support behind us, and that's something that I can't take for granted. No, yeah. It, can't if, take for if granted. If you've had ever – you know, if you ever worked with us or helped us with the show or showed support, whatever it yes. may be, Thank you. Well, like, what about, how about this one? Last year's roommates. John, yeah. Jared, Christian, of course, who's my roommate now, and Alonzo and CJ for being quiet and mm-hmm. giving us the room for an hour twice a week for season five and season six yeah. up in then Tony G Studios. It was, wait, it was a house, basically. They, <laughs> they, they were there, but they'd be real quiet. And... Exactly. So for the support that way... My goodness, Jerry Comas, it's worth mentioning yeah. him, former president of SNC oh, Radio, helping us get started. Man, oh man, it is, uh, it is quite the incredible feat to come mm-hmm. this far. And then have to, you know, all good things come to an end. Yep. So it's just a new beginning. There's a new podcast on the horizon. There's new professionals for me, professional opportunities for me on the horizon, new professional opportunities for Will on the horizon. So it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. Yeah. It's just... Here's to another beginning we'll do, somewhere down the road. We'll do a reunion episode like four years from now or three exactly. years from now, and it, it'll be fantastic. It'll be just as sweet as this goodbye. I'll still have this mic probably. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it's sad. I said to you before we opened, you got to take that mic with you because it's, it's not staying in Tony G Studios anymore. That's your microphone. Settling in. Yep. Any final words from you, Will? Other than no, that, I'll just Thank you. Off. Appreciate you, man. Fun, I appreciate fun you times. too, Will. It's settling in. Wow. Yeah, it really is big time that this is coming to an end. Tony G's show is over. <laughs> For all the support, thank you so much. I don't want to get choked up here. I'm starting to I get know. a little... I mean, you said that. And hold on now. <laughs> hold on now. <laughs> we're we're going to stay strong here because it's not goodbye. Just see you later. But Tony G's show is coming to an end. <laughs> don't get me crying <laughs> here, Will. Don't do it. Don't do it. Will's wiping the eyes. Uh, now he's got to be doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just hitting that. Wow. I'm going to hit stop record here and then it's done. And then we won't do it again. And yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa. Yeah. That hit like a ton of bricks. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, Will, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Love you for everything, love man. Love you man. Tony G Nation. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. But uh, the Tony G Show, on behalf of Will McCormick, everybody who supported us, I'm Tony G signing off for the Tony G Show. One final time, thank you, Tony G Nation.